Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Fearview Family Ministry Podcast. I'm John, and on today's episode, I have our kids director, Beck Jones, with us to talk about what we learned from the Child Discipleship Forum that we went to last week. And there was a lot of great stuff in the conference. We just highlight just a small portion of that. We talk about what Awana is, what the Child Discipleship Forum is. We talk about the new map of child discipleship along with some highlight moments of teaching that we received last week on discipleship within the church. And so I hope you enjoy. As always, if you could leave a review of this podcast, that'd be super helpful. We really do believe that God wants to use this podcast, not only within our church, but abroad, and that will certainly help us out. We love you guys, and I hope you enjoy. All right, everybody. Well, we are here with our fearless kids ministry director, Beck Jones, and we just came back from the Child Discipleship Forum. And when I say came back, it was in Franklin, so it wasn't too far away. A group of us from the church went to it. And yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about a little bit about what it is, what we took away from this uh, two-day conference. And so, Beck, if you just give us an overview, what is a Child Discipleship Forum, who puts it on, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So the Child Discipleship Forum is actually powered by Awana. Uh, so Awana is working together with a couple of different groups. Barna would be one of them. They've put out a couple of different books, uh, the Resilient Child Discipleship book that we've talked about before on the podcast, and then uh, Children's Ministry in a New Reality is their newest book that has come out and um, it is full of such good data that Barna has done as they've assessed various children's ministries, parents, and like community group leaders, Sunday school teachers, um, church members alike to just kind of get their perspective on what children's ministry looks like in this new reality, kind of post-COVID, right? As as things have shifted, ministries have shifted, um, and our lives have ultimately shifted because of it. So um, at the forum, they have teachers that come or lead speakers that come in, min- in kids ministry, um, some some with expertise in personalities, um, talking about gender and racism. They just they bring really well-known speakers and really well-known pastors uh, to this conference and kind of challenge them with what does it look like to disciple our children? What does it look like to create resilient disciples? And um, I believe you're going to mention, John, about this old map and new map. And so that was one of the big topics that they covered this year and that they'll continue to cover what the new map looks like over the next couple years at the Child Discipleship Forum. One of the things that really impressed me is the, just Awana in general. So coming into this ministry here at Fairview, I never really did Awana before. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been a part of a church that had participated in Awana. I know Amber grew up with it. Right. Uh, but to me, Awana was just Wednesday night Bible memorization, and mm-hmm. that's all I knew about Awana. Right. And what I'm noticing and what has been revealed to me is Awana is much bigger than that. And so if you could just kind of speak into that a little bit about Awana um, and then this partnership maybe they have with Barna and how that's helpful for you as a kids ministry leader oh, and for absolutely. our volunteers. Absolutely. Um, I am bought in hook, line, and sinker with Awana, and I truly do believe that um, what they are doing, how they've been doing it for so long, I want to say it's almost been maybe I'm thinking of our 75th anniversary but I feel like they've been doing it for that long if not longer um, of just assessing churches and and going into churches and yes Wednesday night is a hub of it right that is 
part of the main core of Awana is we're doing memorization of, of Bible verses and really trying to get it into the lives of our children, but it's also this partnership with parents and saying, parents, use this as your discipleship resource throughout Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like do it the entire week um, of kind of reading these books that we give you, these resources that we give you um, that should fit the age and the learning capabilities of your child, right? It, it's specifically designed for their age group um, and to be able to uh, help parents and kiddos disciple and become more Christ-like. And so, yes, Awana is on Wednesday nights, but really parents, you know, and even our leaders, we should be doing a lot of this stuff throughout the week. Leaders, I've challenged my leaders this year, if you're challenging your kid to memorize scripture, then let that be a reflection of your Uh, spiritual discipline of memorizing scripture and so why don't we memorize the verses alongside of them and so our leaders have kind of taken that as that challenge and are doing it and coming up with hand motions for them to be able to memorize it and so they're practicing those throughout the week as well Um, and at large you know Awana has fabulous uh, missionaries so our missionary Hunter Williams was at the forum and we got to kind of see him and talk with him for a little bit but he comes he can come and do trainings he has done a lot online with various trainings um really Awana has uh, used, they've capitalized on COVID and everything going digital, and they have provided such wonderful resources online at awanabasics.org. And even like all of the songs that the kids can sing to help learn their scripture verses are all on all streaming platforms. So like you can look, if you're in Sparky's, you can look up Hang Glider, which is a book that we're currently in. You can do that on Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube. They have the verses put to songs for kids to listen to via a phone now, via a tablet, right? Parents are utilizing those areas of streaming. And so that's been a big blessing that Awana has done. And then, you know, Awana is really across the globe. And so there are different ways that we can partner as Fairview Church. We can partner with them and continuing to carry out Awana's mission um, through giving and supporting them. And of course, praying for them and asking God to move and to continue to create disciples, not just here in Lebanon, Tennessee, but across the world. Wonderful. Yeah, one of the things that impressed me about Awana is their partnership with Barna. And I'll Mm -hmm. just say that, you know, I look at a lot of curriculum and I look at a lot of different uh, organizations Mm -hmm. that are there to support churches and as churches disciple, Mm -hmm. you know, children. Uh, And this partnership with Barna to me seems like one of the best that I've seen where you have good data, because that's what Barna is known for is the data for Mm -hmm. information. And they take that information and then apply it to ministry. And so to me, I've just been impressed um, just seeing some of the statistics and some of the data that they're able to work with and then how they're utilizing that in their books, in Mm -hmm. their trainings. And uh, I really uh, feel like they are probably one of the better groups out there. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, John, so I read that book. Um, I finished the uh, Children's Ministry in a New Reality and the data that is there is shocking. Um, it's burdening. I felt like uh, even at the forum, they talked about, you know, guys, are we kind of anguished? Are, are, are we over, like, are we broken as Paul was broken for the church um, of just looking at the data and the stats uh, from how parents are kind of looking at the church and pointing at the church and saying, no, you're supposed to disciple our children. And then mm-hmm. the church is looking at parents and saying, well, no, biblically, you're supposed to be discipling your children when really the Apostle Paul says, no, we are supposed to be doing this together. It's a partnership. Um, and I think Awana has a really healthy understanding of the partnership that parents and the church need to have together. And I think they're providing adequate resources, adequate training um, alongside with Barna to 
hopefully propel parents and the church together moving forward sure. and, and, and helping to create resilient disciples. And I think some of that's going to start with discipling the parents and training them on how to disciple their children, right? Um, so I think there's lots of great resources out there, but I cannot speak enough about that book and how it's really um, impacted my life and my framework. And as I'm praying through and thinking through what Fairview Kids looks like going forward, um, I see changes happening um, that are good changes and they're going to be slow and steady because, you know, kind of like Nehemiah, he was slow and steady as he was building that wall. It took a very long time, but I do think there, there are some things that we can do here at Fairview Kids that can truly change the next generation mm-hmm. if we steward this opportunity well. Let's jump into the topics of conversation on the forum. Let's do an overview of the old map and new map because that's kind of the theme of this particular uh, conference and then the ones in the future is all going to be about this new map. So let's talk about the old map first and I'll just give you those three and you can jump in whenever if you want to and talk about that. But the old map really operated under three kind of principles and you can kind of look at uh, mainstream churches, big churches that were really driving the 90s, early 2000s in children's ministry. Mm-hmm. And there's three words that they came up with. They used cities as their example, but the three main focuses were uh, relevance, entertainment, and Bible light is kind of like the words that they use. So it was highly entertaining, mm-hmm. very relevant, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, really Bible light. So it was not really focused on scripture, maybe more principles here and there, but it was more just to be entertaining and to be attractional mm-hmm. in their delivery. And so that was the old map. Do you have anything to address that? I, you know, in my mind, as I look back over my life and I kind of see, because I've been a part of kids ministry, you know, I was in kids ministry, right? As a child, I was in it. And then I served in it when I was in middle school and high school. And then um, in college, I was a part of it. And I would go back home and I would continue to love on our families and, and just kind of looking back at the old map, there were lots of great things that happened, right? Um, the gospel was being shared. There was an evangelistic push for sure. And so I do think we saw a lot of children saved during that time. However, I think the missing piece, because we were so focused on entertaining, giving biblical light things, because we didn't expect that kids could actually understand um, what we were communicating to them, right? The bar was set really low. Um, it's even in the in our book, Children's Ministry, uh, for the new reality book that Barn and I want to put out, it, it says that parents, specifically looking off this old map, just expect their kids to know that Jesus loves them. When they leave kids' ministry, that is what parents are expecting, and I really feel like that's what we've seen in this old map, is that parents just want to know this biblical light mentality of that their kids know that Jesus loves them, and that's going to be enough. But our world has, our world has changed in some ways. Um, I think also having the digital world, we're able to see a lot more. So I, you know, I think it's magnified, right? We didn't get to see everything in the '90s because the internet was kind of just becoming a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's at the tip. Thank of our you, fingertips. Al Gore. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but you know, it's it's interesting to think through how many things our kids are seeing, the trauma that our kids are experiencing in some way. And I don't want to use the word trauma lightly, but you know, they're able to watch all these YouTube videos or these TikTok videos of things that are happening across the globe. I would have never known that in first grade in the 90s, right? But mm-hmm. now looking back or, or looking at our, per, our current state, I'm like, it's not just enough for them to know that Jesus loves them. We've got to have our kids coming out of fifth grade and into your student ministry recognizing that 
they are called to be Christ-like, and they need to be able to identify the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. It needs to, John Mark Comer mentioned this, and I know we're going to talk about this in a moment, but at the conference he mentioned that it's no longer just enough to have head knowledge and not even really just to have the heart knowledge, but it needs to be in our muscle memory because sin is in our muscle memory, right? We are living in a fallen and broken world, and so our muscles the muscle memory we have when we are in a, a really challenging season or when we're in a season that is pressing up against our convictions, what comes out? Is it Christ-like or is it world-like? We're being trained or we're being spiritually formed one way or another. It's the broad way or the narrow way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in kids ministry, I want that to be the mindset of all of our leaders is are we teaching our kids to become Christ-like as opposed to just Jesus loves you, right? Because really when they're leaving preschool, they should know that. But when they're leaving fifth grade, they need to know, no, this needs to be Christ-likeness. Like, I need to, I need to be showing uh, the spiritual disciplines in my life, uh, the fruit of the Spirit in my life, and Absolutely. being able to um, identify, oh, that's a sinful part, and I need to work on that. And then be able to go talk to someone who's discipled them, whether that's their parents, their community leader, Ms. Beck, Pastor John, someone, right? Um, and having those, those uh, at least five caring adults circling around them and helping them grow uh, so that they can be resilient in the future to come. Wonderful. Yeah, I want to make a mention that these three things that they mentioned, relevance, entertainment, uh, Bible light, I wouldn't say Bible light, they're thinking more of like just these values or mm-hmm. Jesus loves you and then right. that's about it. Right. Um, none of those things are bad things. Right. So we want a relevant teaching that speaks to them where they're at. We want Absolutely. them not to be bored. Yes, okay. We. And we, we want them to know values, yes. but their whole point was that's where the emphasis was. The emphasis was on it being a tra- right. attractional, mm-hmm. um, attractional. And what they're saying and what they're kind of promoting, and I would completely agree is that the new model, the new map, instead of being attractional is formational. Yes. Transformational, And so they would say that the three opposites of those are the three things that they want to promote. And in this new map is faithfulness, Mm -hmm. community or relational, Mm -hmm. and then biblical, biblically informed, biblically informed Mm -hmm. uh, understanding. So faithful, right, that we're prizing faithfulness Mm -hmm. to God and to scripture and um, to living this life. It should be the pinnacle, not growth, church Mm -hmm. growth, right? It doesn't. Mm -hmm matter how many students we have, even though we've been very fortunate to grow in kids ministry and in right. student ministry, like that's been awesome. But at the end of the day, if we're just growing in numbers, but not in students who are convicted by the Holy Spirit, living right. it out, then, um, you know, we're not doing our job. And right. so the faithfulness aspect is the priority. Then relational being in good community. We had a few of the speakers talk about uh, what it means to be attuned mm-hmm. to our kids and to really listen and to understand our kids mm-hmm. where they're at and how yes. we can be relational in that. And then lastly, being biblically informed that we want them to memorize scripture. We want mm-hmm. them, as you said, you know, a fifth grader leaving, if they just know that Jesus loves me, you know, that's a good thing. But if they don't apply it, if they're not digging deeper, if they're mm-hmm. not asking these serious worldview questions that they need to answer for their biblical right. worldview, they need to have a strong foundation or they are going to adopt a different worldview that mm-hmm. they think is stronger, better put together, whatever it might be. And so uh, faithful, relational, biblically informed, what do you think about those as the new map? 
I think it's great. And kind of to go back to the OMAP for just a second, I, you know, when I mentioned the whole evangelism push, it was a lot of just let's get these kids baptized. Mm-hmm. Okay, now that they know it, whew, they're saved, right? And so, again, those things are not bad. Like we want to, ter- we want to tell the world about who Jesus is and what he has done and share the gospel with them. But the next step is forming them as disciples, right? It really, like discipleship doesn't just start when a kid becomes saved, right? Discipleship starts as soon as they're born. And we talk about that in our parenting classes here at Fairview is, you know, like it's, this is a process. This is a lifelong journey together as mm-hmm. discipleship leaders and discipleship makers um, to, to disciple these precious kids in the way that the Lord calls us to. And so um, it's a lifelong thing. And off of those, you know, faithfulness, like, we have some amazing leader. It was so encouraging to me to sit at this forum, John, and to think through our Fairview Kids Ministry and the community group leaders and the Awana leaders that have been doing this for decades. Or maybe they are now saints in glory and just hearing their stories that the other leaders have been telling me about, you know, um, Steve Hornsby, right? Uh, Miss Sue is not in glory, but Sue also was, you know, teaching in our first and second grade class for decades, decades upon decades. And to me, that is faithfulness because it wasn't just child care. Sue also is an example of someone who um, looked at these kids and said they can learn biblical truths. They can learn biblical literacy. So we're going to play games that are going to help them learn Mm -hmm. the Bible frontwards and backwards. They're going to be able to know where Revelation is or where Habakkuk is because there are some adults that don't know where Habakkuk is, right? (laughs) They're going to learn the table of contents. They're going to learn chapter and verse, right? Uh, Book or book chapter and verse. They're going to learn these things. um, And so, you know, I look at our leaders and I think, man, there there have been a ton of them that are faithful in teaching God's word and sh- loving these children and cultivating that relational community. I mean, I think of, I see kids run down the hallway that are fifth graders that always stop by Chuck and Kayla's room and hug them, right? Um, and that's relationships. I mean, and I'm just naming a few, but literally I think a lot of our classes have cultivated these three things already. And so that is such an encouragement for me as a kids ministry director here to think through, we're doing some of these things already. We were already working off of a new map before the new map was even kind of thought up or um, being discussed. And so that is encouraging for me uh, to see. And again, to just uh, encourage parents that, um, you know, faithfulness looks like it looks like that in the home. You know, faithfulness isn't doing it perfectly, right? God doesn't call us to perfection. He calls us uh, to look more like Christ. But that means we have to fully depend on him. And so faithfulness means that we're going to try our best to look more like Christ every single day by his power and his strength, not out of our own strength. Um, and then cultivating that relationship, making sure that we're in church to have the opportunity to cultivate those relationships, right? Um, and then what was the third one? Because I'm blanking on it. Biblically informed. Biblically informed, right? So that can look like any of our discipleship avenues here at Fairview Church, um, whether that is a WANA ministry, if you want to to dive into that well with us or if that is attending you know our community groups or um the 1045 service with camp fairview i think all of those aspects are heartbeats for our for the leaders that i have uh, been leading and, and trying to train and equip is discipleship is to go back to those questions that the kids are asking uh, it may be one off or it may be in the middle of your lesson but do not let that question go unanswered. Come back to it and, and have that conversation with them. And then let the parents know what questions their kids are asking so that they can then uh, dig a little bit deeper at home um, and, and continue that discipleship. This is a season for us where we can build on a good foundation that we already right. have oh, to really build John. into these three things mm-hmm. so that we can 
be more faithful um, in the way that we serve and that we can see faithfulness come out of our our kids and when they follow Jesus that um, when it's difficult and so one of the uh, speakers um, I think it was uh, Shelly Molina Malia Shelly Malia Mm -hmm. something like that Um, she she had talked about um, (laughs) she had talked about teaching our kids a theology of suffering Mm -hmm. and how they need to learn how to suffer Mm -hmm. um, well Mm -hmm. because life is not always going to be easy and they will come up against hardship. Mm -hmm. And so if we're just protecting them all the time, you know, trying to save their feelings or whatever it might be, they're not learning how to internalize Mm -hmm. um, the struggle, but they also don't know how to build off of that and faithfulness to Christ. Yes. And uh, obviously, as parents, that's difficult to do because you don't want to. Like, I would hate to see Jonathan and Mason. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, nobody wants that. <laughs> you know, struggle. But sometimes it's good to giving, allowing them to feel that tension. Right. And when they don't understand something, or when something happens and they experience a suffering of some mm-hmm. kind, you know, that's an opportunity that they can learn and they can build on and develop yeah. that faithfulness piece. I think relationally, we have an excellent. Um, excellent volunteers mm-hmm. in our family ministry who are that relational piece. Um, and I think that's where that one statement they kept on saying was, uh, I guess what was the number one factor in a child's life is mm-hmm. if they're going to be successful mm-hmm. is to have one caring adult, one caring adult. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so that for us, that relational piece is, is huge. And then being biblically informed, we teach those things. So I was thinking through our statement for our family ministry that we exist to create engaging environments yeah. Uh, for kids to learn about Jesus and partner with parents. And I was mm-hmm. thinking about the engaging piece because we didn't use the word entertaining or relevant right. or these other things. And so what does engaging mean? And so I really came up with three things that I think define yeah. uh, kind of what we're going for and really uh, enc- en- encompass these these three things. And so when we talk about creating engaging environments, we're not talking about just a fun environment. We have a fun environment. We have an awesome kids ministry wing yep. uh, that is beautiful and it's beautiful. amazing. And we're yeah. so grateful uh, for those that partnered with us in the Family Ministry Project to make that happen. Absolutely. But it's not just about having a cool space. Right. We're not when we use the word engaging. We're not just talking about a cool space. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about a place that is relationally healthy. Yeah. Where those relationships are being built mm-hmm. uh, for discipleship. We're talking about a place where kids are biblically informed yep. so that they are learning scripture, they are deepening in their faith in, in Christ. Uh, and then lastly would be the creative expression. And mm. so that would be uh, our leaders creatively teaching the scriptures mm-hmm. and creative in their delivery and mm-hmm. creative in whatever it might be being creative. That's what we mean by engaging. It's right. more than just the space. It's how our leaders are leading. It's how they're discipling kids. Mm-hmm. It's how they're partnering with parents. It's how they are delivering that message and the biblical information um, in a relational way. And so, um, I don't know. That's what I came up with. I love it. It's She's similar. never heard this before. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm sitting here. I'm like, oh, sorry. I'm just talking. Good. It sounds great. I love it. Um, and it's true. It's like, so something that we've kind of discussed a little bit um, and we're still kind of working through, but this mentality of the three B's philosophy that Awana mm-hmm. really has been kind of formulating out and is now part of their training and I've been training our leaders in and even our community group leaders in is this belong, belief, become, right? And so the one that you mentioned first, that that's belonging, right? We're creating a space where our kids belong. And then not only that, then we're creating a space where they can, they will have the opportunity. They're going to be taught biblical truths 
so that they can believe in Christ Jesus mm-hmm. and what he has done for us, and they can believe that his word is sufficient over all things, right? It is absolute truth. And then um, to become more like him, because once they accept him as Savior, then it's the process of getting Christ-likeness in them, mm-hmm. right? Not just their head, and yes, into their heart, but then into their muscles, so that they're able to stand um, in the midst of suffering, because it's going to happen, right? I would love to, to say that we, we're in heaven. We're not in heaven yet, friends, <laughs> right? Uh, but as Pastor Brand has mentioned in a lot of sermons recently, I feel, as we're, as we're going through the Gospel of John, is just, you know, eternity doesn't start when we get to heaven. Eternity is us, us ushering it in now. And suffering is still going to be a part of that. But if we are choosing to bring heaven on earth as we pray that prayer in the Lord's Prayer, um, you know, when we get to show Christ's likeness to others, I feel like that is repre- that's a representation of having heaven on earth, right? Mm-hmm. Of we're displaying patience. Uh, we're displaying joy when really hard things are happening or when a friend hurts your feelings. You can still have joy, right? You can still be kind to them and be patient towards others. Maybe when you're in the Aldi checkout line and the line's all the way back to the, the milk section and you're like, I don't want to wait. Practicing patience and then developing, you know, uh, the relationships around you as you're waiting in line. Just taking those moments, taking those opportunities to reflect Christ as opposed to reflecting our flesh and our brokenness. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we've been moving into a lot of different topics. So let's talk about our major takeaway. Again, mm-hmm. the speakers were excellent uh, from this uh, weekend. Uh, let me kind of give you, let me real quick, I have it pulled up here, or I did. Um, mm-hmm. Let me kind of give you a rundown of some of the speakers because I think that would be helpful. So we heard from Matt Merkins, who is, I guess, the CEO of Awana. Yes. Uh, and the Andy, co-founder of the Child Discipleship okay, Forum. Okay, co-founder mm-hmm. of Child Discipleship Forum. We heard from Andy Crouch, who does a lot of on technology, mm-hmm. um, which was excellent. I actually bought his two books about raising your family in a tech environment. Ooh, so yes, I that haven't, was a good one. I haven't started reading those yet, but Ooh, I got those. Uh, let's see, some others are, let's see, Sam Alberry, Cindy uh, Baltima. Sorry, I'm butchering all these names. David Kinneman. Um, who is, I guess, the CEO of Barna? Yes, of Barna. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Lu- Luce. Sam Luce. Luce. Mm-hmm. Luce. Sam Luce. Mm-hmm. Uh, Catherine. <laughs> we- he- he- <laughs> You're looking at him, and I'm like, how phonetically, how do I say this? <laughs> she was great, uh, but yeah, I don't um, know how to say her last name. Oh, uh, man. Truly a new bell. Mm-hmm. Andrew Peterson, John Mark Comer, mm-hmm. Rebecca McLaughlin. McLaughlin, yep. Carl Truman, mm-hmm. Sh- uh, Shelly Malia, mm-hmm. Derwin Gray and Ray Ortland. And so those were the speakers for this event. Next, I'm actually, I'm really excited about next year. So uh, Elisa Childers is going to be speaking next year, which is going to be great. But anyways, let's get into the highlights. So out of all those, uh, let's give a couple highlights to what we learned. Again, there's a lot of different topics, but what's one kind of stick out (laughs) highlight for you? And then I've got one. I have to pick um, one. I'm kidding. No, you can pick as many as you want, but we're already, (laughs) this is going to be a long podcast. So, um, um, no, I, um, man, so Sam Lush, he has a lot of great stuff. So I'm going to save his for if we ever talk about, uh, children's ministry in a new reality. Okay. He's got some great stuff there. Um, that really has just impacted me that, that there are things that he has said that I'm like, I need to really teach this through our leaders to our leaders. Um, so I'll leave that for that time. Uh, and he's gonna he's he spoke last year. He's gonna speak again next year. Um, he is just very bought into Awana and Child Discipleship Forum, and he's been doing kids ministry for like twenty five plus years. And so he's seen it all. He's seen the old map, and he's transitioning to the new map. Um, he actually helps with our wonder uh, our wonder ink stuff. But um, 
my one person that I kind of, I guess, want to talk on is John Mark Comer and just um, how he talked about the apprenticeship. And, you know, we, we don't really use the word apprentice often, right? You might if you're in an English literature class and you hear it and you talk, you're talk, maybe you're talking about history and like, oh, apprentices, apprenticeships was a thing back then. But really, when we're calling our kids to be disciples of Christ, it's yes, we want them to follow him. But an apprenticeship really is like you are studying this person. You are studying the way of Jesus. You are studying how he has called us to live. And again, so getting it from just the head to your muscle memory, like that's one thing that he really, uh, I don't want to say he harped on, but it was one of the main points that he had is that our kids are being spiritually formed every day. Whether we're trying to disciple them or not, they are being spiritually formed, whether that's through technology, whether that's through their science class, whether that's through their peer group, their sports team, whatever they're seeing on YouTube or TikTok, they are being spiritually formed because we are spiritual beings, right? Um, God has given every single one of us a soul. That's what makes us different than any other type of mammal, animal type thing on this earth is that we can have a relationship with God. But we are being spiritually formed, whether that's to the likeness of Christ or to the likeness of this world. And so, um, you know, that is something that I think we really have to continue to, to have that on the table as we continue to have this conversation about, about uh, creating resilient disciples is how are we forming our kids? How are we spiritually forming them? Because it's easy during dinner time or while, while parents are making dinner. And, I, you know, I don't have kiddos yet, but I can just imagine from stories I have heard. It's hard and it's easy to put on Blippy or it's easy to put on uh, a TV show or to have them go and play a video game while you're making dinner. And I'm not saying tech is bad, although maybe Andy might have other things to say about that. But, um, you know, I finished reading a book called The Hard Good, and it talks a lot about this, of like we are being spiritually transformed and are we pressing into the hard good that God is calling us to? And sometimes being spiritually formed is that hard good. It's the hard moment of saying, hey, kids, why don't you come over here and tell me about your day while we make pizza together, while we make a salad together? Hey, I can teach you some culinary skills while we're doing this. And, yeah, it might take longer. And, yeah, it might make you even more tired. But pressing into those those moments that God gives us daily. He gives us those moments daily to press into our kids, to ask them how they're doing, to ask intentional questions, which kind of goes along with um, with what I want to say Shelly was saying, that, you know, our kids who, our kids have all gone through some sort of trauma in some way, shape, or form, whether that's with COVID or watching someone maybe pass away or um, even with just social media, there are things that they're seeing that their brains aren't really equipped to handle, let's be honest, uh, to, be, to be that frank. And so she was saying that building relationships, having healthy relationships with our kids helps to restore the brain from the trauma that it's experienced, which to me is fascinating because that's how God has designed us. You know, so talking off of John Mott Cromer, spiritually forming our kiddos, but off of that, as we're spiritually forming them, having these effective relationships with these kids, whether they're, they're in our kids' ministry or they're at home with you parents, pressing in and building a relationship with them can help heal what the world has tried to destroy, right? What Satan has tried to take away, the lies that he's trying to get our kids to believe, um, we're able, we're, we're able to, to really bring redemption in, right, through having a, a, a godly relationship with these kids. And so that has just been something that I'm going to continue to meditate on as we disciple these kids in, in Fairview Kids and work alongside parents and equipping them. Wonderful. Yeah, your point about the trauma changes the brain, mm-hmm. relationships heal it, that mm-hmm. was my takeaway moment. So. <laughs> well, great. There's your segue, um, John Spolino. <laughs> so a couple months ago, I did, I did ACEs training, so that's adverse childhood 
effects mm-hmm. uh, training. Mm-hmm. And basically you're talking about like pretty much everybody has these adverse uh, trauma in their life. Mm-hmm. And the more you have, mm-hmm. the, the more negative outcomes you will have as an adult. And yeah. so they can trace uh, depression, they yeah. can trace addiction, they mm-hmm. can trace all these different avenues back to moments in a child's life that has produced trauma. And how even the best of us, okay, whoever you are out there, probably has at least one. They're internalizing more, Mm -hmm. and so they are the effectiveness or the the amount that these adverse childhood effects are having on them is Mm -hmm. even greater. And so, going for our leaders, going into ministry, serving kids, Mm -hmm. I think it could be easy to kind of look at a classroom and and I think the old adage back you know 20, 30 years ago would be like, oh, that kid's just acting out or this kid is doing this. When in reality, there's probably trauma that's underlying a lot of these behaviors. And as leaders, instead of thinking, oh, they're just acting out or, hey, I need to do this or that with this child or we, we really need to get to know the child, uh, be attuned to the child, um, which is what she talked about. Mm -hmm. And that is being on their level and speaking at their level and being genuinely curious about their life and caring for them, Mm -hmm. loving their family. Well, all these different things that relationship side side of things will help heal that trauma that they are experiencing. And so the reality is they probably have trauma that has not healed in their life and they haven't been told or directed or guided on how to actually deal with those things in a healthy manner. And so to me, I think that is going to be a big key in children's ministry Mm -hmm. and in family ministry is recognizing this trauma Mm -hmm. and then being able to meet that relationally. Um, And again, I don't think, you know, family ministry, there's only so much we can do, Mm -hmm. right? We are not psychologists or therapists Mm -hmm. or any of these other wonderful occupations out there that can help children with trauma that mm-hmm. I don't think it's the church's job necessarily speak into those things where those professionals are needed. Mm-hmm. But I do think from the very baseline that right. we can be relational and care about them and recognize that there's probably trauma at play that these kids are trying to process through. Well, and so with the 3B model, right, with the belonging aspect, having our kids feel like they belong is creating and cultivating that safe space. And so when you're attuned to a kid and you're, you know, getting on their level and having, because we, I mean, we've had them at, we have them everywhere. I mean, you're going to have students who have had some sort of trauma. And so our leaders are going to interact it. It's going to happen. Um, it could happen this week. It might have happened two years ago. It could happen, you know, in three months from now. We're going to have, we're going to have students and, and, it's going to be a continual thing, but something that keeps ringing in my mind and in my heart is like, this is holy work. Like the most, um, you know, the, the most in, impactful thing that I can do on a, on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night is getting eye to eye and knee to knee with some of our kiddos and saying, I love you and I'm glad you're here. I want you here. I'm so glad. It doesn't matter if you forgot your Awana vest in your book, in your Bible, like you are here and that's half the battle because if we can get them here, we can cultivate those relationships, right? We can love them well. We can um, have our leaders, you know, pray over them, pray over their families when we're seeing these these moments or reaching out and allowing the Holy Spirit truly to lead us. Um, it was one of those moments last week in, in our kids' ministry where the Holy Spirit just prompted my heart. I was like, Beck, this is holy work. Like, your leaders may be tired. Your leaders may be feeling X. Um, but to remind them that the work that we are doing is holy work and is unto the Lord, and he will give us strength. We have to depend on him, though, for these types of things and for the wisdom. You know, when we go through conferences like this, 
if we're not processing it and trying to live it out, it's just good good knowledge, right? But actually trying to sit here and think through how does this actually flesh out into our Sunday mornings, our Wednesday nights, our special events. Um, and I'm, I'm just grateful for, uh, for Dr. Shelley and just for all that she gave us because those were such nuggets of wisdom um, that I truly do believe I see in our leaders and I'm just going to continue to encourage as I see it because um, it is changing the way that our kids are relating to them and we are seeing less and less of some some sort of issues and, and, and some things that are happening in our kids ministry which is encouraging to see right may mm-hmm. not fix it all and only God can and um, you know with sometimes the helps of, of therapists and counselors um, but I truly believe having these intentional relationships with our kids and creating that safe space allows them to feel like they feel known and seen at church yeah, I believe she said, let me see here, we need to create a space where they feel safe, mm-hmm. valued, yep. regulated, mm-hmm. and connected. Mm-hmm. And so a place that's safe, valued, there's boundaries, and then they feel connected um, is the sweet spot for Absolutely. discipling kids. Now, last but not least, because we're going to finish this up because we are getting to that that time this was not in the conference so i have no support to back this up except for the word of somebody who sat at our table but they said that the most effective age in ministry you're never going to believe this folks is one 60 years old so from 60 to 70 that's the most effective age in ministry the second was 70 years old 70s, 80s, mm-hmm. and then the third was 50. And so I don't, I can't substantiate that. I don't know where this guy got this number from. He seemed pretty confident. <laughs> he he did. was sitting at our table. But I'll say this: if that is true, mm-hmm. then uh, we have a. Not only do we see it in our ministries of people who are very effective that kind right. of fit in one of those three categories, mm-hmm. um, and so I can see where that would be true because they are very effective with kids. But I would just say this: the adage "I'm too old for this." It's no more. It's no more. Okay. Um, listen. It's no more. Praise I, the Lord. I just want. I just want to encourage you that if you believe, hey, I'm too old for this, mm-hmm. and I listen, God can still use you, and mm-hmm. He can move through you, and this may actually be your best time in life to serve and be the most effective ministry Amen. uh, because of the wisdom that you have, Mm -hmm. the walk that you've walked and the love for kids that you may have. Like to me, uh, it doesn't surprise me that it's that generation from about 50 to 70 that are the most effective in particularly kids ministry because um, they're just wise and they love uh, children, they want to see the next generation yeah, uh, move. And so if you fall in that category and think, well, I'm too old to do this, uh, I just want to encourage you to take a second second look at it and uh, to think this may actually be the, the most fruitful ministry, mm-hmm. a season of ministry that you can experience Absolutely, when you give it to John. the Lord. So That's such such a good word such a good word. And we need you. We do. <laughs> uh, but it's true. And I think it's great to see... Um, the more experienced generation who've walked, who have walked a faithful walk with the Lord, right? For some of our, some of our faithful saints, like they have, they have, they've been living with, they've been walking with Jesus for 30 plus years, 40 mm-hmm. plus years, which is incredible. Um, and it's different than what they're getting at home with a parent who maybe has only been walking with the Lord for 20, right? Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm just grateful. Not even, it wouldn't even be 20 if we're thinking about some of our families, but all of that to say, um, you know, there's such an opportunity for um, 
really anyone in that that age group, 50s to 70s, to come and serve in kids' ministry. And to be that encouragement, not only for the kiddos, but for the other moms and dads who are serving in that ministry to remind them, like, hey, it's a quick season, friends. It might feel, the days may feel so long. My dad tells me this all the time. The days feel long, Beck, but the years are so short. And it's so true. And I'm only 32 Mm. right now. And I'm like, how are we (laughs) almost? How are we almost in October? Christmas is coming, everyone. Like, I know Thanksgiving's there too, but we're about to be. Hallmark start next week. (laughs) We're about to be in 2023. (laughs) And I just, I can't get over that. Um, And so there's no better time to get engaged in our kids' ministry. It doesn't matter what your age is. We want you here. We want you to love on these kids. If you... Uh, feel so led, please reach out to me or Pastor John uh, because we need it in students and we need it in kids. But uh, more importantly, the Lord uh, needs us to, to, to reap this harvest because it's here. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I hope it was a blessing to you. As always, if you want to know more information, you can visit our website at myfairview.org. If you have any questions, you can reach out to Beck Jones or myself at our respective emails at myfairview.org. The resources that we want to highlight today are Children's Ministry and a New Reality. It's a Barner Report produced in partnership with Alana, building church communities that cultivate lasting faith as well as Resilient Disciples. This is Child Discipleship and the Fearless Future of the Church. Both of these are excellent resources, one on statistics about the new reality of kids' ministry and the other about raising resilient disciples. We hope to see you next time on the Family Ministry Podcast. See you then.